Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, where we present the brightest independent artists. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. Special thanks to Music Connection for co-presenting this episode. Music Connection has been an invaluable resource for the music community since 1977. For more information, visit musicconnection.com. Our guest on this episode is singer, songwriter, producer, and music executive, Carrie Kimmel. You may not know her name, but you've probably heard her music. Carrie has licensed her music in over 1,000 films, television shows, trailers, video games, and commercials. Carrie talks about how the lifestyle of writing songs for media is absolutely perfect for her, and how she's been able to grow it into her own licensing company, Glow Music Group. During the show, Carrie shares three of her songs with us. We'll hear Black, Never Alone, and Golden Glitter. So let's begin by hearing her song that was featured in the Walking Dead trailer, This Is Black, by Carrie Kimmel on Joy Sounds.
And that was Black by Carrie Kimmel. And it is my pleasure to welcome to Joy Sounds, Carrie Kimmel. Hey, Carrie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Excellent. I love that tune. I love the rootsy, bluesy, gritty, you know, kind of sound that comes with that song. Give us a backstory on that. How did that song come about? I wrote that song a while ago. At the time, the guy that I was dating, who's now my husband, he had come over to my house and... I guess he had just finished watching, um, I think it was Sons of Anarchy. It was a season, like it was like a season ender or something. And, he's, and I'd never seen the show. And he <laughs> said, you have to watch this, you know, this scene. It's epic. It's so amazing. And so I watched the scene on his computer and it just inspired me so much. And the song that I wound up writing had sounded nothing like the song that was in the scene at all. You know, it was just something that had stuck with me. It was it was more like a feeling that had stuck with me. So he left and I sat down at the piano and I started writing something really late at night. It was probably two in the morning. And um, at the time, my son was really, really little. And I was so worried I was going to wake him up because the piano was in the living room and very loud. It was one of those songs that sort of wrote itself. And the next morning when I woke up, I didn't remember anything about the song. I didn't remember. I I remember that I had written something, but I got up and I did all my voice memos, you know, on my computer. So I went back and listened and I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? I don't even remember this. Then that was the song that was black. And it was, it was just one of those songs that came together so effortlessly, probably because I was so extremely tired that I wasn't really in control of my thoughts. <laughs> so more wrote itself. And when I played it for my uh, my boyfriend at the time, I told him like that scene that you showed me inspired this. And he's like, how? This sounds nothing like that. <laughs> no, but somehow it did. <laughs> and Black ended up with a very prominent placement, as I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, as part of the Walking Dead trailer, correct? Yes. A lot of people think that I wrote it for the trailer, but I didn't. I had written it a couple years before that trailer ever came out, and it just happened to work so well for the show. You know, I wasn't inspired by that show specifically, obviously, but it was really an exciting placement. That song was also the promo for the show House before that, but it didn't, it wasn't as big as the Walking Dead turned out to be the, the trailer. So more people you know have heard it in the walking dead trailer but yeah that was that was really exciting you've had a great deal of success with film and television placements hundreds if not maybe thousands or so of of these placements how do you square sort of that songwriting world and carrie kimmel artist the performer is that a balancing act it was a bit of a balancing act and now it's a bit more natural probably but you know i used to just write songs for fun <laughs> imagine that I don't really do that much anymore. But I would just write songs just because I felt a certain way, like Black was in a certain mood, was, you know, just wanting to create something. And then it would work. Most of them, thankfully, would work for different scenes and different commercials and different trailers and things like that. Then I would have to deal with the release of the songs, you know, and how am I going to release these songs? Am I going to do an album? Am I going to do a single? Am I going to do like an EP? And then like I had to start thinking about which songs I've created could actually work together because there were so many different genres you know black is very like like you said like kind of gritty rootsy um more like dirty slightly country darker but then I have other songs that are really happy and really pop and the two songs would never go together and so I had to really think about how I wanted to release the songs 
And sometimes it was a bit challenging because they were so opposite and so different. And so I might consciously write a couple more songs in that genre just so that I could put out a real album, (laughs) which is sort of what I did with Black, actually. You know, I had probably five or six songs that worked for an album and I wanted to put an entire album out. So I wrote a few more and then I released Black. As a songwriter who is getting these placements, you have to be a bit of a chameleon stylistically. You have to write in in so many different lanes and genres that tying it all together into a unified sort of voice or whole, I could imagine that would be a, a bit of a challenge. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it can be. Let's get a bit of your background here. How did you get into this original? Well, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I started out uh, with a major record deal, actually. Um, so I started out in the label publishing world. I was fortunate to get a record deal with um, Atlantic Records in New York. And it was super exciting. I mean, I had never experienced anything like that. Um, I was traveling all over, writing with various producers and uh, co-writing. And um, my deal never really turned it, it. It was a record deal, but I never got past the recording like a million demos stage. And every time I would write or work with a different producer, we switched genres. And we switched, we switched genres so many times, which now has been, you know, a blessing and very helpful with what I do. But at the time, you know, trying to be a solo artist, switching genres isn't really the, um, you know, the most helpful thing. So after about a year and a half of being signed to Atlantic, I wound up asking my attorney if I could get out of my deal. And he got me out of my deal. Everyone thought I was crazy because it's so hard to get a record deal in the first place. Um, I then went on to sign a publishing deal with Chrysalis Music. And then very soon after that, I wound up signing another record deal with Virgin. So I did it kind of backwards. They always say, get the record deal and then sign the publishing deal, you know, because you can basically, you're more valuable at that point, right? So I did it opposite. I got the publishing deal and then the record deal, but whatever. Then I was signed to Virgin and it was, again, you know, it was, it was a really great experience. It was a little, there were times that were, were a bit frustrating, but really what happened in the end was the president who was working on my album, he was producing my album and he was the president of music. He wound up getting fired and they, uh, the new president came in, dropped around, I don't know, everything he was working on. I was the last thing to go. I think there were, there were a ton of artists and bands that were dropped. I'm told I was the last one to go and um, that was it. And my project was over. My record deal was over. And at that point I was like, oh my gosh, okay, what am I going to do? I had always had people overseeing everything that I was doing. I always had people in control of my career, of my really my destiny in a way at that point had to sort of like take stock of what, uh, what I was going to do now. So I took a little bit of time off and a couple months <laughs> and then I decided, uh, music, I have to do music. It's, there's no way I can do anything else. And I just started writing everything on my own. And, and it, there was a very conscious decision of I'm going to do everything on my own. I'm going to own all of my songs, the masters I'm going to write everything 100%, and I'm going to own my own publishing and just be in control of what happens. And I started getting some placements and realizing, oh my gosh, I can make money this way. I felt like I had two choices, either to give up or to do it on my own, on my own terms. And um, I could have easily given up, you know? I mean, I love interior design. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll do interior decorating. I mean, I literally was ready to like completely jump, (laughs) you know, career paths. But 
when it came down to it, my love and my passion for music will never go away. I mean, it's something that uh, drives me. It's such a huge part of my life. It's, you know, I mean, this sounds so cheesy, but it is like air, you know, for me. So that was really the choice, the only choice I could make. What was sort of a landmark moment, sort of either a significant placement or a breakthrough that kind of gave you the idea, oh, okay, this is the direction? Um, I don't really know that there was one, you know, kind of breakthrough placement per se, but I think it was more accumulation of just, it seemed that almost everything that I was recording was getting placed in something. So that was really encouraging because I felt like, okay, well, this is sort of like my calling in a way, you know, I mean, it, it seems like my music really works well for, you know, TV, film. It really started with just a lot of very little placements, you know, smaller shows, some bigger shows, but nothing that was so incredibly featured that any, it would change my, you know, my life. You know what I mean? And then as the time went on, as, as I was recording, writing and recording more songs, I think the placements, some of the placements really stood out. The bigger ones are really exciting and fun because they do make a difference in your career and in your life. I would imagine some of the theme song that uh, that you've been able to secure, that makes an impact. For sure. Yeah, that, that definitely does. Well, we already talked about the Walking Dead placement. That was awesome. That was so much fun. And a lot of people heard that song. And so that was really cool. The Foster's theme song I wrote called Where Where You Belong. Um, that one, a lot of people heard that. I mean, that was a really cool uh, show to be a part of. You know, I loved just what the show stood for. And it was just so much about acceptance and love. And so it was really nice to be a part of something that I really felt strongly about. On the kids' side of things, you know, I have two kids and it's fun to be able to do kids' music. I've done a couple of theme songs, or quite a few now, but the ones that kind of stand out to me, um, I did the theme song for a show called She-Ra, which was a remake of an 80s show, which was really fun to do. Um, I did the theme song for a show called Spirit Riding Free, which my daughter and my nieces love to watch. So that's really fun. And I do all the songs in the show as well. But the theme song was really fun to do. And then sometimes, you know, with covers, like I did the cover of Cruel Summer for uh, Cobra Kai. Such a fun cover to do because um, it's so different than the original. Let's hear another uh, one of your songs, if that's okay. And the one that you have queued up for us is Never Alone. And while I believe um, you released this song a couple years ago, I think it's actually um, maybe maybe more relevant today than ever. Are you kind of feeling like this song has taken on a, a new relevance today? I never thought about it that way until you just said that. But yes, I, I think you're right. It it's very much about being alone and feeling isolated. And, um, you know, I had originally written it about depression. I had, a, I have a friend who um, tried to commit suicide a couple times and, you know, thankfully she was not successful, but this song really came from that going through that with her and, um, seeing everything that she was dealing with um, and feeling very helpless. And uh, so the music video is, is really about that subject. And the guy that shot it was just brilliant. And I, the actresses were amazing. Um, and just, you know, the talent, I wasn't in physically in that video and I, I didn't want to be, <clears throat> I just felt like the storyline 
first of all, I'm not an actress, so <laughs> we could just stop there. But, um, you know, I felt like the storyline was just so uh, impactful and it, it was something that didn't need to have anything other than what was happening in the scene, you know, going on in that music video. So I think it was such just brilliantly done. This is Never Alone by Carrie Kimmel here on Joy Sounds. If you ever need a friend, color me, I'll be there. You don't ever have to pretend or hold it all in. You try to hold your head up high, try to find the will to fight. You need someone to save your life. I'll be there to bring you to the light. So take my hand when you're feeling scared Don't let anybody tell you that you're gonna have to do this alone Look out, I'll be right there, love Don't let anybody tell you that you're gonna have to do this alone That you lie awake Wondering how much more to take To end it all and ease the pain All you want is to escape You sure that no one else can see The doubt inside of the tears Can't hold on for one more day Nothing seems to take it all Take it all away Oh, take my hand when you're feeling scared Don't let anybody tell you that you're gonna have to do this alone Look out, I'll be right there, love Don't let anybody tell you that you're gonna have to do this alone
That was Never Alone by Carrie Kimmel. Once again, my thanks to Music Connection for their partnership in presenting this episode. Through its daily website, weekly newsletter, and monthly print magazine, Music Connection caters to artists, musicians, industry pros, and support services. For years, Music Connection has been known for discovering new talent by reviewing unsigned artists, both through its live performance reviews and critiques of recordings. Music Connection never charges a fee for its reviews. Known for years as the Musician's Bible, Music Connection bridges the gap between the street and the elite. It exists to serve artists and music makers of all genres, offering connections to the unconnected and to provide expert cutting-edge information that can help you take your music to the next level. Whether offering tips on raw survival or exclusive contact lists of industry pros like managers and label representatives, Music Connection is an acclaimed, proven resource for the professional and semi-pro musician. So check it out at musicconnection.com. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Carrie Kimmel. And that was Never Alone by Carrie Kimmel. And again, beautiful song. And uh, once again, encouraging everybody to go check out that video, particularly those who might need to hear that message at this particular time. So appreciate that. Thank you very, very much for sharing that with us. So in preparation for talking to you, I actually came across... Maybe it was an article or a statement or something like this that described Carrie Kimmel is the most famous songwriter you've never heard about, uh, never heard of, because it's sort of the downside of having your music placed with films and television is that there's a bit of anonymity that kind of goes with it a little bit. But you can't really turn on the television without hearing your music. Has that ever sort of, I don't know bugged you and <laughs> having to deal with that sort of role in the music uh, profession? You know, to be completely honest, it's something that I love about it. I have never been one of those artists that wanted to tour. My husband, on the other hand, he was in a band and his whole like dream in life was to tour. I had the opposite. I, I would be I'm so much more comfortable writing my little songs in my studio, recording them, and then seeing them on TV. So for me, there really is no downside to it because I love being more behind the scenes. You know, I love being able to still hear my songs on TV, but not having everything else that goes along with it when you do have that notoriety and that fame and, and all of that. I'm such like a hermit, you know? I I, <laughs> I just love, uh, I love my life. I love having a normal life, you know, and not doing all of those things and that, that famous people have to deal with, you know? Yes. So I'm okay with it completely. And I, I love to hear your comfort with that because I think it's worth knowing that not all of us are cut out for that, the artist responsibility and what that artist lifestyle is, is about, but to still find the pathway that works for us and our particular personality. Absolutely. So for me, this is the perfect life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nailed it. Fantastic. <laughs> Have you expanded your operation in any way? How has it evolved over time? You know, when I started licensing music for film and TV, it, was, it wasn't a crazy oversaturated thing yet. I think people were still just realizing at the beginning stages of realizing, oh, wait, like this is, this is a career path. This is a way you can make money and, and have your songs heard and, you know, still have a creative outlet. You know, this was, gosh, I started doing this 12, 13 years ago, something like that. You know, now things are very different and it's very oversaturated and there are tons of people. It's, it's the thing that most people want, you know, is to have their songs placed in film and TV. And so I made a lot of 
friendships and relationships early on. And I had licensing companies that helped me out in the beginning and, and they were instrumental in helping me get a lot of the placements that I got over time. I was building more direct relationships and licensing my music directly to music supervisors. And so in the last five, six years, probably five years, I started taking on other bands because I was having bands call contact me and ask me who licenses my music. And I said, well, I license the majority of my music now. And they asked if I would take them on. And at first I thought, that's really not something I want to do because I mean, am I an artist? Am I a licensing company? What am I? I was afraid that I would, it would be too confusing for music supervisors to know what I am. Right. But what wound up happening is in at the same time that these bands were reaching out, I was having music supervisors ask me for things I didn't have. So I thought, oh, okay, well maybe this would work out. And it really organically and very naturally just started evolving and building. Um, and now I have my company Glow Music Group and we rep over 300 bands, all different genres. Wow, that's not, that's not a small operation. <laughs> that's that's no, it's you, not. the way you were describing it, you were like, oh, I'll just work with a few bands here, but like that's significant. Yeah. Well, it started out with just a few. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's since grown and and everything has been word of mouth. We've actually never reached out to a band before. Every single band that we have has come to us. We're primarily a one-stop company and it really fits the model of how I started. When I started doing this, like I said before, I wanted to own everything. I wanted to control everything. You know, that was really what it was about, was being able to make the decisions and control and not have to go ask another person or another three people or a whole other company if I could do something. So the company that I started, it's, fit that same model. And so, you know, 95% of the songs, the vast majority of the songs that we rep are one stop. We rep both the master and the publishing side. So we can clear the entire song for, you know, whatever. And uh, I feel like that's also been one of the reasons, I, I think one of the reasons that we've landed a lot of licenses is because the songs are great, but also it's easy to work with us because- You've streamlined the process. Right. Exactly. And when, you know, when we, a quote request comes in, it's turned around within an hour, you know, or less sometimes. So it's, yeah, it's just grown and grown. And I, I love doing this too, you know? And now with the way that content is being produced, you need to actually be able to respond at that speed. It needs to, needs to kind of like have that type of turnaround. So you've really met a need. Yeah, exactly. So I have been balancing and juggling music, you know, creating music with running glow. And there, we have other people in the company that, you know, have really stepped up and been a big part of the company, but I still oversee everything. But on the creative side of things, which that is creative in a different way, but on the creating content side of things, I think I mentioned earlier that I don't really write songs just to write songs anymore, which I kind of miss, I got to say a little bit. Um, But I'm working on so many specific projects. So now I'm actually being hired uh, and it's been this way for probably most of the last three to three to four years, definitely the last three years where I'm being asked to, I'm basically being hired to write and create content for an entire show or for a specific scene or for a trailer. And so, you know, those obviously take priority. And um, so that's what I'm working on now. (laughs) Very, very different dynamic than them just sort of picking a pre-existing song 
right? Right. Yeah. And what's your thought process uh, in all that? Because like you said, it's not just writing a song for fun and and seeing if it lands someplace. It's a very deliberate process. It It is very deliberate. So in the case where I'm the only candidate and I am being hired specifically to write for whether it be like Cruel Summer or, you know, that cover or The Sims video games. I've done a lot of those or um, specific scene for a show. There have been a few that I've done very specifically. We need you to write a song about this with this feel, blah, blah, blah. It's either that or I am being, you know, how do I say this? Like auditioning in a way, right? Right. For to be the songwriter for a show. Um, and in the, in that case, I'm up against a lot of other people and I don't know what they're turning in and they don't know. And I don't know who they are. So at that point I, I take, you know, I look at the brief, what they're looking and I just kind of do, use my best judgment. Um, and, you know, sometimes there's some keywords, sometimes there's like a, usually there's at least some production references of, you know, what they're going for. It's a little bit of a shot in the dark and, and, you know, but creating is that way, right? I mean, you just sort of go with your best intuition and you hope that other people are going to like it too. Tell us a little bit about any other current projects or maybe what the future holds. What are you looking forward to? So I'm working on a really exciting show. I'm not allowed to talk about yet. It's a Disney show that's coming out, I believe the end of next year. And uh, it's been more songs than I've probably ever written for one project. And it's been a blast to work on. Um, We're probably, you know, out of, you know, 50 something songs, we're almost there. We're almost to the end, you know, it's, been really exciting. So that has been taking up a huge majority of my time. I'm also up for a couple other shows that have been narrowed down to me and maybe one other person. So we'll see. Those are fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yep. That would be awesome. And then, you know, just still doing some one-offs here and there. Um, But, you know, the, the majority of my life right now is this Disney project and glow. And I just kind of yeah, and being a mom and <laughs> I was about to say you squeeze some parenting in there too, right? I know, right? Oh gosh. Uh, my kids are like my our A and R guys, you know. They um <laughs> music scent, we'll do it as a family. We listen to it as a family and they, everybody weighs in. I like this, but I don't like this, you know. <laughs> Carrie, it has been so awesome to get a chance to talk with you and get to know you a little bit. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Before we uh, let you go, uh, we want to check out another song that, again, stylistically is is entirely different than what uh, the, we played <laughs> yeah. earlier in the show. And uh, this the song that you have queued up is Gold and Glitter. It got another solid placement as well. But tell us a little bit about Gold and Glitter. Gold and Glitter was just a fun song. It was back in my days when I was still writing just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I just felt like writing this song and was just really nothing behind it other than just writing a feel-good fun song and it wound up being placed in a lot of things but um, probably the biggest one was uh, the end of the movie Blockers it's like in the last five ten minutes I don't even know Um, so that was really fun to hear it you know in that movie but yeah it's really just a feel-good fun song that's not really trying to make a statement it's just you know fun to, to listen to. All right, and to wrap up today's episode, this is Gold and Glitter by Carrie Kimmel on Joy Sounds.
Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.